What's up, Growth Vault? How the heck are you? Today's episode is a really awesome interview with Clayt Mask, the CEO and founder of Infusionsoft, uh, known now as, as Keep. Amazing company, amazing success. This guy is so humble and so full of gold. Uh, you're going to love it. However, the reason it never got published before, because this is actually from last year and I was sitting on this episode, is because there's all kinds of uh, audio issues on my track. So you're going to have to muscle through that, but I promise it will be worth it. Hit, uh, Clayt's audio is fine. Mine gets a little weird, but I really think it'll be worth it and you're going to love it. Enjoy. I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Do you call up Josh or Joshua? You can call me Joshua if you're mad at me. Otherwise, you just call me Josh. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you're doing phenomenal as we close out the fourth quarter. Can you believe that 2019 is almost over? I can't believe it. I say it every year, but it's like you snap your fingers and another 12 months is gone. The question is, are we further ahead than we wanted to be? Are we on pace and closing the gap on our goals and our dreams? And I hope that you are. You are. And today I have a very, very special guest. His name is Clayt Mask. He is the founder of Infusionsoft. Yes, I said that right. The huge, ginormous, world-changing CRM platform that's now known as Keep. And he's a really busy guy. And I'm so glad that he decided to come talk to me for a few minutes. Clayt, how are you, my friend? Josh, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure. You know, I have a secret to tell you. So I have, I have a friend that lives near Phoenix. Phoenix. His name is Kurt Kempton. And he had, a, he had a service. And he had the opportunity years ago to go to some sort of meeting where you were there. And you're the, this high-powered CEO guy, right? And he's this little window cleaner. And he told me this story years ago, and I've always wanted to meet you because of it. And I don't know what event the event was, but it came his turn to speak, and he he said something. He said, "You know, I'm just I'm just a cleaning company. I just have a small business. You know, like, um, you know, we're, we're not that big of a deal. Our customers aren't going to take us serious." He said something like that, and he said that you put your hands on the table, leaned forward, and said, "Shame on you, Kurt." Shame on you for not loving your company more. Shame on you for <laughs> not believing in yourself more. And it had a huge impact on him at the time. It's a really funny story now, but when he, to he told me, he was like all freaked out. He's like, the CEO of Oven Fusoft just yelled at me and said I need to think bigger. So <laughs> I don't know if you probably don't remember that, but... You know, that I actually do remember, Kurt, and I remember that, that situation. And what I remembered was... He he wasn't he the the pride that he had for his company didn't didn't come through in some of the things he was saying and I knew he had that pride I could hear it but then he would say certain things and I could see a disconnect so I with uh, all the care and concern that I have for entrepreneurs I tried to. Uh, gently encourage him another direction, and it may not have been so gentle. <laughs> he gave him a truth bomb. No, he loves it. He loves you. He's a phenomenal guy, great entrepreneur. He actually built that company up and sold it. Now he has a software company, and he's really well. Um, awesome. He's a family guy. I show 
we're we're big on family. We're big on big on God, country, and capitalism type of thing, and uh, small business for sure. So, uh, take us back maybe to two thousand one when you got this idea back before the cloud software thing was even a thing. How, how in the world did you get a beast like Infusionsoft started with a young yeah. family? Well, uh, you know, it was. I think probably no surprise. It was a lot of hard work and a lot of doubt and a lot of fear and concern about how to make it happen. But for about three years, we just struggled like crazy. And, uh, you know, what we were doing at the time was we were doing custom software for small businesses. We were helping them do sales and marketing using, you know, the power of the internet. It was the ability to find customers that, that, uh, you know, was maybe weren't necessarily right in your backyard. But over time, that obviously changed. And, and now, as you know, you know, local businesses, you, you've, you've got to be online, you've got to be connected where your customers are. But back then, you know, it started with us doing web based custom software for small businesses. And we loved helping small businesses grow. And that was the passion that founded the company, and it's the passion that's helped us grow the business ever since. So are you a developer yourself, or you wrote, write code, or at least you did? I don't. If my if my partners were here, they would follow over laughing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, my background was in business, and I uh, connected with three really smart software developers. And over time, we started to build this custom software business that turned into a uh, semi-custom software business that then turned into a web-based product and then eventually became Infusionsoft. And uh, it was not a straight line to get there. It was just like every business owner that goes through this. I mean, we, we are, we're so passionate about helping small businesses grow because we, we were very much a small business. We didn't start with investors and a big um, you know, MBA strategy plan kind of thing. It was it was just us trying to serve customers better and helping helping our customers grow. And over time, we we kind of found our way to the CRM software business, and that's really where Infusionsoft took off. Yeah, I think it's important. Little businesses feel like they're fighting a good fight, and when they see someone like you, um, you're so far ahead in terms of you know you know parents of success and all that stuff. That there's a huge disconnect and. I want to ask you more about the early days. You know, was there any times when you thought maybe this was a waste of time or I should quit or we were about to run out of money or anything horrible happened on the negative side? Do you have any specific struggles that would maybe encourage someone to keep going now that you could reference from the early days? Yeah, you bet. I mean, the first three years were just a day-to-day fight for survival. And, you know, I, I remember about a year in, I started to doubt myself. You know, I was just like, I don't, I don't know if we can do this. You know, it was, you know, I was paying my, my mortgage late on the 30th day, month after month after month. And it wasn't that I was sitting on money deciding whether, you know, when to pay it. It was that, you know, I was needing a miracle every month to have a client that would pay us or something that would come through or a a job that would hit or something. And so, you know, that just wears you down as every business owner knows. And after about a year or so, I started doubting and having concerns. And I, you know, one, one thing that I came across about that time was a book my dad had talked about a lot when I was, when I was young and I kind of tuned him out as every 
brilliant teenager does who thinks that their parents don't know anything. You know? <laughs> oh yeah. I, so I was, you know, I, my dad was always a positive mental attitude guy and he would talk to me about that when I was young and I didn't really get it. And when I, when I started to feel the, the business just caving in on me at that point, a year in, you know, we had some personal guarantees on the line. We had a lot of debt, a lot of credit card debt because none of us had any money when we built the business. We were all, um, no, we didn't, you know, we didn't have a rich uncle. It was just, it was just hard work and, and, and debt and, uh, getting a mortgage on, you know, a second mortgage on the house and all the stuff you do to get a business going. And buried by all of that, about a year in, I, I, I found in the office, one of my, one of my partners had had the book that my dad had talked about. It was called, it's called the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And when I read that book, um, that was probably a necessary step for us to make it because I, I would have, I would have mentally buried myself if I hadn't figured out through that book, how to turn to, um, faith and how to turn to, um, a, a mental attitude and an approach to get through hard times and to figure out how to turn around the tough situations when they come up. So that was a big turning point and that helped. Um, and about a year later, uh, I was, it was, it continued to be just as hard as, you know, you could imagine. And my, you know, my, my amazing wife's looking at me saying, why did we go through all this schooling and accumulate all this student debt? And, you know, we've got all, all, we've got four kids and we have no food in the house. We have nothing, you know, why are you doing this? And she had kind of lost her, you know, her belief in it. And it's easy to do, you know, it's understandable. It's really tough when spouses start to pull apart because the business is, so it's so strenuous it's so demanding it requires you know just everything you've got and so about you know during that point we were probably two two and a half years in and my wife just Sharice, her name's Sharice, she just couldn't do it anymore she just said you know you've got to go you got to promise me you'll go get a, a job and I had gotten to the point where I was seeing the software was working for our customers I, I believed in it a hundred percent. I knew it was going to work. I just knew it was a matter of time. And I, I had gotten to that point where you realize every day you survive, you're getting closer to, um, success. And, and I, we, we'd gotten over a bunch of hurdles and, and I was actually starting to see more income coming into the business, but we had so much business debt and we were so behind there that it wasn't making its way home. So when I would tell Sharice, things are getting better, hun, she'd say, well, it's not getting better for me. <laughs> It's so funny. My wife had a broken down, really, really junky minivan for a lot of years when we were building our service company. And yeah. we'd have all these like new trucks coming into the into the bus, these new wrapped, beautiful vehicles. And she's can't, can't even her window down going through the drive through. She has to open her door. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a tough sell to get your wife to believe in the vision. But I think entrepreneurs live in the future and we can see the vision, even though it's yeah. not here yet. But sometimes yeah. the people around us can't. Would you agree with that? Oh, so true. And what a perfect, what perfect imagery to have an old beat up van versus your work vans that are all nice and wrapped that that is, <laughs> that is exactly what happens, you know, and it happens with money and it happens with time and it happens with the the other trappings of success that you start to feel at work. But it takes a while for that to get home. And it's really, it's really frustrating for our significant other. So um, yeah, that's definitely what we saw. And, and I, I had convinced her many times, let's, you know, we can do this, we can do this and let's stick with it. 
and you know, when she had told me it was time to go get a real job, I, I had prevailed many times, but this night I wasn't going to prevail. She was, she was dead set. She was like, you have got to go get a job. And, and, you know, this was, I'm giving a sanitized version. There were lots of tears. There were lots of hard feelings. There was, you know, years and years of support helping me to get through college. And, and so there was just a lot that went into this. And I finally, you know, both of us were in tears that night and I recognized, okay, I, I promise you, I will go tomorrow. She said, you need to promise me that you will go to the office tomorrow and look for a job. And I said, okay, I will. So the next day I went into the office and as happens to every entrepreneur, the, the, the work just swallowed me up that day. And I was working on leads and working on customer issues and doing all the stuff that we do. And before I knew it, the day was over. I was driving home and I hadn't done one bit of job searching and I was worried. And I was, I was driving home and I was, I was very concerned about not being my word. Like I said, I would, I was even more concerned about how Sharice was going to take it and what, you know, how she would see this kind of breach of trust on that day. And so I walked into the house that day and I will never, ever forget what happened. She, her back was to me and I walked into the room and she turned around and she said, did you look for a job? And she said it very directly and very seriously. And I said, no. And she walked toward me and she just put her arms around me and gave me a huge hug. She she just squeezed me really tight. And I was holding her and she was holding me and we both started crying. And she, I tried to pull away and she held on to me really tight. And you know, you have, you have to have been an entrepreneur to, and having marriage struggles at the expense of the business to understand how hard it is when you're pulling apart from each other and what that means when, um, when you get that support. And I, I knew something was different and I, you know, I finally, I, you know, I pulled apart and we were able to talk and I said, you know, she looked at me and she said, just keep going. Everything's going to be okay. Just keep going. Wow. And yeah, it was amazing. And I said, I said, whoa, you know, what, what happened? And I'll tell you, cause I know your audience will, this will mean a lot to the audience. And she just said, God knows what we're doing. It's going to be okay. Just keep going. And you know, it's crazy. The ripple effect. I don't know how many employees you guys have at this point. You probably 400 or more, don't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So think of all of the mortgages that are paid, the vacations that are bought, the, like the income, the, the careers created really, maybe this is over dramatic, but I, I don't think so. Like that moment with her supporting you and, and giving, giving to go for it again. And like, how does, how does that happen if she doesn't do react that way that day? It doesn't. I mean, I honestly, you know, I think that's the, and it's the, it's the faith and drive of our, you know, our significant other as much as anything that keeps us going. And Oh, I got and, goosebumps, Clay. You're giving me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, and and she's amazing. And you know, and I sometimes I'll tell this story, and I'm afraid that people might think that you know she's not a believer in me or the business. And it's not that. It's just she's dealing with all the pressures and challenges of raising the raising the kids, and she, you know she works like crazy trying to 
to raise our kids. Well, it's just and- the glue. My wife and I call this front stage and backstage. Yep. And by the way, um, you have got to write down this URL. My wife and I actually are starting a company called Honor and Fire, and it's it's for entrepreneurial families. Like we're obsessed with this stuff. There's there's oh. a video on honorandfire.com that you will laugh. You will crack up. See, I'd love for you to watch the video. But uh, so we have front stage and backstage, and my wife was the entire glue that gave me the chance to ever have any semblance of worldly business success because. Oh. It all burns to the ground if she doesn't do that. And she had to do it for years with no visible evidence <laughs> that anything good was ever going to come out of it. Yes, yes, I hear you. And I'm intrigued by honorandfire.com. If it's, if it's some sort of a um, resource for uh, families of entrepreneurs and spouses of entrepreneurs, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And because we, you know, business is hard, parenting is hard, marriage is hard, all on their own. When you mix them together, it creates like this Molotov cocktail of potential destruction. <laughs> it gets really, really, really fast. And many times my wife and I have been rich poor, where it's like, and maybe we can move into the next phase of your business where you start going down VC money road. I'm super curious about that. And like yeah. the pressure and like, oh, the dynamic shift and the, I don't even know, because I've never taken VC money, but um yep. but anyway, but like you can be rich and poor at the same time, like your company's crushing it, but you have no cash and all of it. And when we look back now, we have a huge heart for business peeling through it because you can see it clearly when you're looking backwards. Oh, but yeah. Man, when you're in it, it's, it's tough. No doubt. Yeah, that's you, you've said it really well. And and and, uh, you know, there, and there's always challenges. It's not like you get to a certain spot and then everything's rosy and perfect. You know, you, you go from having financial challenges and, and existential, you know, your, your business may go under any day, you know, you have that kind of your, your white knuckle grip trying to get the business to survive. But once you get to a point where the business is working, it's not necessarily working at home yet financially. And then even once you get it where it's working at home financially, you have so many pressures and challenges and, you know, the, 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 the struggle to have balance in life is just so so great and it never goes away you know i can tell you now nearly 20 years into this that you're always working to have balance and you just have new challenges and i think one of the things you learn as an entrepreneur is you just relish the new challenges and be excited for the new opportunities that you have instead of instead of living that scenario where you're like well once we get to here everything's going to be great you know once we get oh, to there how many times have we all said that but what's that like for you now i mean you still have another yardstick that you're striving for it doesn't it just just go opportunity for an entrepreneur forever and ever <laughs> don't it we keep, keep moving bar <laughs> it does you know there's always a new summit that you want to climb and there's always new challenges and i think at the same time you know i've done it long enough to know that you you can't do it in a way where you just have a spurt of energy that gets you to that summit. You really have to learn to run a, run a marathon and not sprints. I know it's a very cliche thing, but it's true. Because if you don't, you, you wear out. You may not wear yourself out, but you will definitely wear out those around you. And so there's just a discipline and a consistency that's required. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, you're playing a different game at this level, Cleet much props. Um, when you went to raise some big money or whatever, however it went down, what was that like? You didn't have the rich uncle. I don't, I'm assuming you weren't directly connected to Silicon Valley or something. What yeah. brief, brief, What was that like? What, what did you feel like as you were, were giving up equity and having expectations and having a board and whatever happened? What yeah. was that like? You know, we had built the business to about $5 million annual revenue. Um, we we were loving what we were doing in terms of serving our customers and helping them grow with our CRM software. 
And we felt like we were just scratching the surface of what was possible. We, you know, I could see a market opportunity where the big companies that were going that were out doing CRM software, they 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 wanted to serve bigger businesses. They wanted to move upstream. And so whether that, you know, it was salesforce.com was kind of the biggest and continues to be. But there were a couple of others around back then who also were doing CRM software for small business supposedly. But but the small businesses they were serving were very different than who we served. And we saw them moving upstream and we just realized, you know, there's a huge opportunity here and we love this and we're not trying to build a business and sell it. We're trying to build a career and a, you know, a professional life around this business. And so when we started to really catch the vision of what was possible, of how we could empower entrepreneurs through a, a sales and marketing service platform, you know, a CRM platform that would help them to grow their business and automate things to give them back a little bit of the hours in their day and enable them to have some semblance of a life where it's not just all business, but they could actually have a successful business and a happy life. You know, we felt like there was an opportunity to do that with our software. And that vision began to just swell inside of us. That's why we raised venture capital. It wasn't because we felt like, oh, well, we want to, you know, we, we wanted to, uh, sell some shares. We wanted to have more capital to do more marketing. We wanted to invest in product. All those things, there was some truth to it, but that's not why you do it. You raise venture capital because you have a vision to go do something that that requires more capital than the business is able to put off. And that's why we raised venture capital, that vision. Was it uh, uh, when you started partnering with some of these companies um, in terms of like the pressure or expectation on the returns? I know there's different rounds of funding and, and a lot has happened. But yeah. being in control to being in less in control, what was that like? It's hard. You know, it's really hard. You, you're, you're right. Um, the way that we raised capital was we got to about $7 million a year. And, and when you're in a technology company and you're growing the business uh, 100% plus per year, the capital starts to find you. You know, they start mm. to come to you. And, and, and so as we were starting to get uh, folks coming to us, us, we were also getting the clarity of our vision <clears throat> where we wanted to um, you know transform the world for small businesses with sales and marketing software and we, we believed we could do it and so as we started to have that vision we started to get offers and interest in in um, investing in our business but like you said what you know a lot of people venture cap is a little bit of a mystery and what happens actually is you're selling them a piece of your business you know you're getting some capital and they're getting a, part, a percentage ownership and now you have a partner and uh you know the the golden rule applies here the one that has the gold makes the rules <laughs> <laughs> oh the famous rothschild quote yeah so it's tough you know you you do have a boss and and i think for most entrepreneurs that thought is just not something they're willing to do. And and the only reason I was willing to do it is because we had a vision that was more compelling than than the you know the control that I felt I would give up. And and you know, having said that, the way you manage your the relationship with your investors and your board is you deliver. And when you deliver results, then everybody's happy. Uh, of course there are times where you don't deliver results and you've got to <clears throat> you got to communicate and work through that and compromise and keep people focused on the long term and the vision of the company. I love but, it. 
it's you know it's it's not a it's not an easy thing. It's a new skill to manage those relationships as you're growing a business together. Isn't it how people will see someone like you and say, oh, "Look how lucky that guy is," and just dismiss the last two decades of pain and suffering? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I've noted that the the two the two decade overnight success story. Yeah, yes. exactly. So when you guys shifted and changed the rebranded the company from Infusionsoft to Keep, uh, what was the thinking behind that? That's a major thing to do when you're already a heap business um yeah. it had to be a little scary right right yeah so when we set out to raise that cap when we set out on this vision um to create the leading sales and marketing software for small businesses it was really um it was really interesting what happened the the sales and marketing automation software that we created began to be used by the early adopters in the market who loved that power and we put and they wanted it to be more and more powerful so Infusionsoft became a total power tool to help small businesses grow sales, save time, and and automate as much as they could in their business. And it's amazing. And it drove the growth of the business to, you know, nearly a hundred million dollar business over a 10-year period. And yet we recognized while we were going through that, two things. First thing we recognized was at the end of this 10 year mission that we had set out on that went from 2007 to 2017, we realized that when we set that mission and raised the capital, it seemed like it was way out there. It seemed like it was a lifetime. And when we, as we started to get closer to it, we realized we're just scratching the surface. You know, we thought we were scratching the surface 10 years ago when we raised, raised capital, but we got to a point as we were approaching the end of that we call it our Everest mission, this 10-year mission to lead the market in sales and marketing automation. And we did that, and yet we felt like there was so much more opportunity. And so, first of all, we realized we're just scratching the surface of this big vision we have. And and we actually restated the mission to go out till 2030, came up with our new mission. It's our Mars mission. And that mission <laughs> is to simplify growth for 5 million small businesses worldwide. And so... I guess you could say that the first of the two things that happened was that we saw a, a much higher peak that we wanted to go after, and we we felt this passion to help small businesses grow, and so that was the first thing. Second thing was we realized that in order to achieve that, we needed to, uh, we needed a lighter, easier version of our software. Infusionsoft is amazing for businesses that want all that power, but what about all those businesses that aren't really marketers? They're not really tech savvy. They just need some of the same benefits, but they need it in an easier to consume package. And that's why we began creating a new product. So as as we began to create the new product to achieve the new mission of the company by the year 2030, we started to get the product into customers' hands. We started to recognize, okay, we're, we've created this thing that, that can help serve small businesses and help us propel us to the mission. But it really isn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it just felt off to call it Infusionsoft Lite or mm. you know, some, something like that. It was like, no, this is, yes, it's a light version of our software, but because most customers are going to start with that, we believed that with the long-term view in mind of 2030, it, would, it made sense for us to rebrand the company and focus on the customer that was coming in, getting started with the software and would graduate and grow with us over time into the Infusionsoft product if they wanted. And that so makes sense. the new product became uh, needed its own name, 
And when we began working on that, we started to recognize, you know what, let's name the company after the, after the new product as well. And why do we name it Keep? Well, it goes back to what Cherie said, keep going. You know, that, the, the, the purpose of our company is about helping small businesses succeed, and that requires grit and tenacity more than anything else. And our brand has always been about this, you know, cheering on the entrepreneur, the business owner. And so our message to business owners everywhere is keep going, keep serving, keep growing. Ah, I love it. But one of my isms is keep chopping wood. I have an ax on my desk that says keep chopping wood. <laughs> and we have T-shirts made for my family. I have it on a onesie for my, my baby, you know, it says keep <laughs> chopping wood. We have our family systems, but... Oh, that's yeah. really cool. I, I didn't know, know any of that, so thank you for sharing that. I actually have another other friend that you made. She won the Icon Award in 2014 or 15 from Infusionsoft. Her name's Lisa McQueen. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I love Lisa. Lisa's a good friend of mine, and she's got a beast of a janitorial company in Australia, and she's a huge fan of, of uh, your software, of course, and uh, she's crushing it. Um, she she's great. So as we get ready to land the plane here, because I want because I want to waste your time, what would you say to the little guy? You have to go way back in time, like 17 years in your story, who's doesn't have all the answers. It's not figured out. Maybe they have a team, but it's not the perfect team. They don't even know what they don't know. They just know that they're meant for greatness. They're 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 designed to win. They they know they have a big mission in their life, but they're feeling frustrated as we end up the year. Uh, what would you say to encourage them? Oh boy, it's such a great question. <clears throat> I think more than anything, there's only one person that needs to believe you can do it, and that's you. You've you've got to you've got to work, you've got to master the doubts inside of your mind. And you know, I, I was very fortunate. I was raised by amazing parents, and my dad probably told me the phrase, you can do it. Uh, I don't know how many times. I heard it over and over and over. It didn't matter if it was um, a sport or if it was school or if it was friends or if it was whatever it was, it was, you can do it. And I just, I, I just fundamentally believe that we can do what we believe we can do. And so teaching ourselves, we can do it. You can do it. You know, just constantly, you can do it. My, my message to them is you can do it. And, and then the other part of that is, and keep going, you would say, keep chopping wood. I mean, that's what it is. It's just hard work. And I think, unfortunately, we get, you know, we we kind of romanticize the idea of entrepreneurship and business ownership. And the reality is I have talked to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in group settings of business owners. And it's just hard work. It's it's just doing the things that most people don't want to do. And, you know, it's it's the age old saying, if you'll do what uh, most people won't, you'll be able to do what most people can't. You know? That's right. And so, if you just keep working at it and believe in yourself, believe you can do it, you know, that's part of, part of the reason I love entrepreneurs is because they're kind of built that way. And while critical, cynical people are on the outside rolling their eyes and saying, oh, whatever, what a bunch of happy talk. Well, yeah, it's because you're not, you don't have the courage and the guts to get in the arena and do it yourself. Mm. But for the person who does and who's in the arena, don't ever let everybody else outside um, doubt you and quiet your confidence. Instead, keep working, keep, you know, keep chopping wood, as you said, it. believe in yourself and know you will find, you will find the way and it takes time, but you will find it. Yeah. I've found that you have to commit to the vision before you're even allowed to find the way. And some people will sit still 
obsessing over having a perfectly clear 10-year path that doesn't exist before they move and you just got to go for it, right? Oh, that's I'm so glad you said that. That's you have to be in motion. You have to be moving. You you that's one of the reasons why entrepreneurs that are successful succeed because they they do. They go out and they do. They're not sitting back just planning. Now you do have to have a plan, you have to have a belief, but you we, we all know that that plan is going to get changed once you move into action and you know you got to adjust. So I, I love your point. It's you know you've got to be in action. You can't just be conjuring up the world's best fill in the blank. Yeah, well, I really really appreciate your time, Clay. This was awesome. I love that you're a family guy. You're a believer. I love everything that you're doing. I've been a customer. I don't have a service company right now, but. We support what you're doing. Lots of our listeners use Infusionsoft or, or Keep, and I just want to encourage everybody to go to keep.com and check it out. It's K-E-A-P, K-E-A-P.com. Check it out. Check it out. You need systems in your business. You have to have the mothership in place. That's what I call Coliseum. It's like the foundational stone of all of your entire organization. It's, yeah. it's negotiable if you're going to be successful and uh, just really thankful for your time, Clay. Oh, you bet, Josh. I'm so happy to do it. I appreciate the struggle and the challenge that entrepreneurs go through. I, I salute them every day. And, uh, you know, our work is to help them to be better organized and follow up and automate so that they can grow their business and have a life. Take care. God bless my friend. All right. Thanks, Josh. Take, take care. Thanks for all you're doing. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Fall. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Fault.